You are now entering the very world of Milton Jones. Good evening, I'm Milton Jones. Nuisance phone calls. They put the bills up. <laughs> oh, and if you're being interrogated by the police and they're recording the interview, uh, just make sure that every so often you clap your hands like this and say, ow. <laughs> So here I am then, at the edge of the East River in the wrong part of New York. My feet are encased in concrete. A man with sunglasses is about to shoot me in the head. This isn't the holiday of a lifetime I had in mind. <laughs> my life begins to flash before my eyes. <laughs> Who's that weird-looking bloke? He's in it all the time. <laughs> oh. Now it's getting dark. I'm all alone. But not for long. If I remember correctly, my guardian angel will appear and show me a tape of all the best bits of my life and all the things that might have happened. Milton Jones, it's you again. Gosh, what have you been and gone and done this time? Oh, let's see. Oh, there's a man with dark glasses and a gun. Aren't people who collect for the blind aggressive these days? <laughs> no? Oh, okay, don't tell me, don't tell me. Let me guess, let me guess. Uh, look, here's a clue. Uh, the man about to shoot me is Italian. And he ices people for a living. Is it Gino Ginelli? No, he's with the Mafia and he's going to blow me away. Oh, what fun! I've never seen one of those before. Is it messy? Can we just do it, please? Honestly, you do make life difficult for yourself. Yes, let's have a look. It says you've always got yourself stuck in tight corners. When I was a kid, I was no good at that game Mousetrap. I had no problem setting up the yellow pole with the red cage on top, the little seesaw with the diving man on it, balancing the ball bearing on the plastic hand, but I had a real problem fitting the whole lot behind the cooker. <laughs> but I loved that other game where you had to put as much equipment as you possibly could on the back of a donkey. What do they call it? Animal cruelty. <laughs> now, now, I see that you somehow were admitted into the education system. I think the worst thing about secondary school was having to wear a uniform. And the sudden realisation that I was the only one dressed as a policeman. <laughs> Still, I made the most of it. I was very concerned to see that the school had a drugs problem. Especially Class A. <laughs> I think I was inspired by my uncle, who was a French policeman. No, no that's not right. My uncle was a police frogman. <laughs> so as soon as you left school, you joined the police? No, I didn't know what to do, so I just hung around for a bit. I used to do a bit of DJing, fusing full-on 180 beats per minute, drum and bass backbeat with a kicking vocal. 25, Unfortunately, after a couple of gigs, I inadvertently sold all the equipment. <laughs> Soon after, I was reading that magazine for people who just had their stereos nicked. What hi-fi? <laughs> there I saw an advert to join the CIA. I replied immediately. It turned out to be a job as a store detective in CNA. Ooh, I, I can show you what it would have been like if you had got into the CIA, if you, if you like, as a special pre-death treat. 
Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Milton Jones, you could have been this man. I am only permitted to tell you my name, rank, and number. My name is Special Agent Jones, my rank is Lieutenant, and there is just one of me. <laughs> there are some scary people in positions of power these days. You see, my Bible says it's time to put on makeup. It's time to dress up right. And it's time to get things started on The Muppet Show tonight. <laughs> My job has taken me all over the world. I bought this shirt in Moscow, these pants in France, and this lovely piece of cloth around my neck in Iraq. No, sorry, it was Tyrak. <laughs> Originally, I worked for the Bush administration, or the Parks Department, as I believe you call it. <laughs> Now I work for a tiny department of the U.S. government called the United Nations. It wasn't easy working with you Brits during the Gulf War. Like your general would say, we're going to do a pincer movement. And we'd say, what you mean, like uh, Shaggy and Scooby go one way, Fred and Daphne go the other? <laughs> we were delighted to see what happened in South Africa, and we believe that it can, with American investment, become a new country called Afro-Disney. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I'm not a racist. Some of my best friends have seen The Cosby Show. <laughs> Up until recently, I've had unrestricted access to the Oval Office. But I now regret to inform you there has been a successful attempt to blow up the White House. The good news is that in a very real sense, I still have the President's ear. <laughs> although I don't think you'd have been up to it. It wasn't easy being a store detective. I remember once coming up against a team of pickpockets. One of them had pretended to have a heart attack. His so-called wife was getting all emotional. They even had accomplices outside with a getaway ambulance. What were they stealing? I'm not sure, but I noticed the man lying on the ground had already hidden the coat of a passerby underneath his head. I'm sure it wasn't like that in the old days. Oh, Please, take me back to the high street a hundred years ago. Hold on, hold on. Here we go. This is fantastic. No cars, no concrete. Just mud and great big piles of horse manure. And look, all the original owners of the shops are outside, greeting the customers as they go in. Ah, you must be the original Mr. W.H. Smith. Well, hey! Sorry? <clears throat> no, way hey. That's what the WH stands for. Oh. You need an unusual first name if you've got a dull surname. Yeah, tell me about it. How did you know it was WH Smith anyway? Because uh, people kept coming up to you, reading your newspapers, and then leaving. <laughs> I'm having a great time doing some old fashioned shopping. I've just been to see Mr. Halford. I tried to annoy him by asking, how much are those penny farthing bicycles? <laughs> and what did he say? Ten pounds. <laughs> And have you met Mr. Marks and Mr. Spencer? Yeah, they sell quite trendy clothes, don't they? Not really. I'll take that back then. <laughs> Spare us a halfpenny, Gough. Yeah, go on. Here you are then, Gough. I don't want your stinking sleeping bags. Go away. Who are they then? The Millets. <laughs> and who was that selling wine out of those giant purple octagonal containers? Oddbins. <laughs> And that bloke who tried to flog me the opium? Mr. Superdrug. <laughs> We're 
running through the life of Milton Jones, who's got a gun at the back of his head and is about to come face to face with his face. <laughs> now, as a treat, I can let you watch any one last tape. Anything you fancy? Well, as a child, I watched the musical Mary Poppins so many times I got a vision disorder called Um Diddle 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 Um Diddle I. <laughs> Speaking, it ought to be connected with your predicament. I mean, something sort of uh, investigating. Okay, I've chosen. Next on BBC One, the truth is out there. Shut the windows and cover the sugar bowl. It's the X Flies. <laughs> hey, Scully. What is it, Mulder? Look at this. I seem to be unable to move beyond this point. It's almost as if there's some kind of invisible force field holding me back. Do you think this could be evidence of alien activity? No, Mulder. There's a perfectly rational explanation. You're trying to fly through a window. <laughs> With some people, it's just whinge, moan, complain. Whinge, moan, complain. I mean, take that Amnesty International. <laughs> I'm sure some people are wrongfully imprisoned. But why don't they celebrate all those who are rightfully imprisoned? <laughs> I'm here with Milton Jones, who can't understand why people want to shoot him. So, uh, you went from one office job to the next? Yeah, I got very bored at work. I used to spend my mornings reading that magazine for people who were about to be hit by office equipment falling from high windows. What computer? <laughs> day after day, I was stuck behind a keyboard. Eventually, I finished composing my song about how dull office life was. <laughs> Though, one of the perks was having an expensive mobile phone. So, Milton, I hear you've just been given the sack. That's terrible. No, uh, apparently it's promotion in the post room. <laughs> oh, I think that's my phone. Uh, no, 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 that, oh, no that's mine. Oh. Sorry, everyone. Oh. Hello? Yeah. No, I'm at lunch with Milton and Karen. Milton, yes. No, no, he thinks it's a promotion. <laughs> Okay, bye. Sorry about that, but I'm, I'm always on the go with this thing. Oh, no problem. I mean, nice ring, by the way. Is that, is that, is that the new Nokia? Right. I mean, that's got, what, what, ten different rings in it? Twelve. I've just got the new Ericsson, oh, yes. yeah? And you can program it to have thirty different rings on it. <laughs> Hello? Yeah. Oh, I'm at lunch with Jeff and Milton. Milton? I know he's got a leaving card and everything. <laughs> right. Bye. Yeah, I've just got a new phone myself. Right. Who ordered the salmon? Right. Who ordered the salmon? Right. Who ordered the salmon? Sorry, that's my phone. <laughs> right. Who ordered the salmon? Yeah, hello? Yeah, I got a leaving card. They'd all signed it. I can't believe they're all leaving on the same day. <laughs> Bye. Oh, that's certainly an unusual ring. Well, you see, there's over 12 million different types of ring. It picks one at random every time I get a call. It's a bit confusing. Yeah. Yesterday it rang for over 20 minutes and I thought I had some kind of stomach problem. <laughs> How embarrassing. Phone's <laughs> going, Milton. No, it's not. Still, <laughs> ah. it's, a, it's a handy gadget. No. <laughs> <laughs>
That's the silent ring. <laughs> Very annoying. Everybody on the floor, this is a robbery. I want your wallets, your watches and your jewellery. And if anybody moves... Sorry, that's me. <laughs> Hello? I'm not a phone, I'm real, and I told you not to move. Ah, oh, you shot him! Oh, I never. Don't worry, it's just my phone ringing. <laughs> <laughs> you see, it's the gunshot ring. Hello? Hello? No, no, can you get me the police, please? Even as I said the word police, I felt the hand of destiny on my collar. Soon after, I was reading that magazine for people who can barely lift a thermometer, Nursing Weekly. <laughs> there I saw an advert for the police force. It had a picture of one white policeman next to a black policeman, and both of them were smiling. It was like nothing I'd ever seen before. <laughs> turned down when you tried to get into Hendon. Yeah, at first. But eventually, after a personal intervention by the mayor, the people of Hendon relented and they allowed me through to the police college. <laughs> I'll never forget my first night at a real police station. It was 1976. They'd brought in these three youths. They'd be going around making this terrible racket. I had to interrogate their leader. It wasn't quite the police interview I expected. So, what do you want to say to me then? All right, Sonny, that's it. We're going to have to rough you up a bit. Oh, don't worry, we won't leave any visible marks. Right, now get up. Yes, you can. Get up. Can't you? And what do you think we'd say if something really nasty happened to you in your cell? I guess you'd call it suicide. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and you'll notice that this little light here is off, which means our little chat isn't being recorded. Put on the red light. <laughs> okay, I'll start recording. Put on the red light. If you tell us what you threw at our patrol car. Rocks! <laughs> Rocks, bricks, more like. Anything else? Rocks and... Rocks and what? <laughs> All right, here's the deal. You tell me what happened, and I make sure you get a new identity, and that the other two will get put away and never heard of again. running through the life of Milton Jones. After that, I was promoted to the CID. My partner and I were like chalk and cheese. I was white and he was yellow and quite smelly. <laughs> he was a really heavy smoker, but he was using Nicorette patches. I remember one night on surveillance. Oh, come on, Milton. You must have some more patches in the car. Have a look for them. Ah, yes, got them. Right, one there. And the last one, there. Oh. Oh. Terry? What? Do you think you're supposed to cover your entire body with them? Mind your own business. What, what are you doing? I'm lighting them for you. <laughs> We're listening to Milton Jones's last moments from here to eternity. I remember once we were on the case of a real Mr. Big, which was a shame because my favourite was Mr. Tickle. 
He was a well-known drugs dealer. He came from the heart of the East End, but his empire was now totally based in Romford, the Holy Romford Empire. <laughs> like the Roman Empire, but harder. Hmm, suppose Romford had conquered the world. Suppose clocks had Romford numerals. And all roads led to Romford High Street. What would it have been like on a Friday night when the hot-blooded young citizens met up to discuss great issues of state? All right, Marcus. All right, Jules. Nice chariot you got there. Cheers, mate. <laughs> the gods have indeed been kind to you. Where did you get it? Zeus? Hermes? Argos. <laughs> have you met Messalina? Hi. All right, darling. <laughs> I said we'd wait here for Adrian. What, Adrian the Bricky? <laughs> That's the one. Fancy a kebab? All right, my son. Look at them, all these Greeks behind the counter. Oi, Zorba. <laughs> Two large donners. Yes, sir. Whose glasses are these? Chili sauce. I said, whose glasses are these? Does it matter? Leave it, Jules. Yeah, it does matter, as a matter of fact. <laughs> I don't like people with glasses. It means they're intellectual. A threat to the empire. <laughs> I'm going to ask you Greek slaves one last time. Who's the one known by his glasses? I'm Spectacles. <laughs> no, I am Spectacles. No, I am Spectacles. No, I am we Spectacles. Are, we, are spectacles. <laughs> we are Spectacles. At first, we were going to try and seize Mr. Big when he came in to have minor surgery at a local hospital in what we were calling Operation Operation. <laughs> but as the net closes round him, he gets a tip-off from a department in Scotland Yard. Usually it could be CID or even admin, but this time it's personnel. <laughs> so he escaped to America. Turns out he used to be a contract killer with a mob. It was decided I should follow him because I had experience of being a contract cleaner with a mop. Aha, uh -huh, now we're getting warm. Well, the only other time I'd gone undercover, they saw through my disguise. Even when we were all known by code names. I still can't understand why. There was Mr. Pink, Mr. White, Mr. Blonde, and me, Mr. Policeman. <laughs> On the way, I had the strangest feeling I was being followed, stalked almost. I ran up to the man, pulled off his sunglasses and shouted, Who are you? He said, I said, leave me alone with your letters, your phone calls, your self-indulgent gibberish about the rainforest. You're not trying to tell me that Sting is a killer for the mob. No, not Sting. He's never been involved in any hits. <laughs> so I arrived at the Big Apple, wanting another bite of the cherry. Looking for the big cheese, the top banana. But did I get a sniff? Not a sausage. <laughs> All this talk of food had made me hungry. So, by chance, I stopped off at a pizza place, which turned out to be a front for the Mafia. Mobsters would phone in the type of wound they would like to inflict on their enemy, and the waitress would ask, deep or thin and crispy? 
I fell in love with that waitress. She said to me, give me a kiss that is super supreme. I said, would you like garlic breath with that? How romantic, a real American love story. Ah, yes, I was British and she was Italian. <laughs> Her family had a summer residence in the reclaimed town of Pompeii. There was nothing I enjoyed more than throwing the contents of an ashtray over the fence and watching the neighbours scream and run for cover. <laughs> it turned out her brother was a top Italian footballer. Sometimes I'd stroke him gently on the leg with a feather, then watch him writhe around on the ground in agony. <laughs> Our first row was when we went out for a meal. Afterwards I said, this is my shout. She said, it's not very loud. <laughs> we began to wrestle. We fell against a curtain. It ripped in two. We came out the other side. We fell against a wall. It crumbled. We came out the other side. We fell against a revolving door. We came out the other side. Then she looked at me and she said, it's over. I said, what? After all we've been through? But one day, I looked in that publication for people who speak to inanimate objects. Hello, magazine. <laughs> and there she was, with her dad, the head of the Mafia. They were all gathered round a birthday cake, singing, For he's a jolly good fella. <laughs> in the end, she betrayed me. She told her father who I was. Of course. They already knew, even about the hidden microphone. Someone had followed the extension lead back to the police station. <laughs> and in carrying the stand around, I'd made a rod for my own back. Oh, right. So, so they brought you here, and now you're going to be shot dead. Weird. Oh, that reminds me. Can I just see the X-Flies again? Oh, all right. <laughs> It was a bright light, Skelly. It filled my field of vision. I started to feel nauseous. Everything was spinning, and then and I must have blacked out. I think this might be evidence of some sort of alien encounter. Mulder, you were flying around the light bulb, and then the man who lives here hit you with the radio times. <laughs> Nearly there, then. Um, is there anything we've not covered? Uh, ooh, uh, oh, this bit. It says that you were the president of the Battersea Dogs Home. No, I was a resident of Battersea Dogs Home. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm a dog. OK, I'm a dog trapped in the body of a human. Did you hear that whistle? <laughs> Occasionally, I used to let it slip. When someone called me a son of a bitch, I'd say, thanks very much. <laughs> and when someone suggested, you know, that I come out, I thought, oh good, a walk. <laughs> I formed a group called Barking and Proud. Our motto is, sticks and stones are good for chasing. <laughs> I've got a friend at the moment who is both a dog and a priest. Unfortunately, he's been suspended for marking out his parish in the traditional fashion. <laughs> I've got another friend who's a sniffer dog. Never found anything. Well, that's what he tells them. <laughs> in reality, he's become addicted. To Semtex. <laughs> now he's all over the place. <laughs> so, uh, you've been captured by the baddies. What happened to the goodies? I don't know, but they pop up on panel games occasionally. <laughs> so, 
I was put in solitary confinement, underground. I didn't see the sun for six weeks. All I had to read was that comic for really white kids. <laughs> the Albino. Right, I can tell Mr. Big Gun in your face is getting impatient. But if it's any consolation, crime doesn't pay. Tell that to Agatha Christie. <laughs> I saw a picture of her once in that newspaper for people who have difficulty thinking. The star. Right, um, well, um, I can go now. Hang on, aren't you supposed to cheer me up with a couple of clips of what went wrong in other people's lives? Uh, okay. Here's a really old one. Hey, are you looking at my bird? Calm down, St. Francis. <laughs> All the best. See you. Bye. The Dutch have legalised drugs, which means there are far fewer people in prison. I suppose the next step is to legalise murder. Then there'd be far fewer people in general. <laughs> it's not easy being a policeman. No one ever dials 999 to get you out to see the first crocus of spring. And even when recently I did, they could only express their emotion through shouting and kicking. <laughs> which is a shame, because knowing them, they probably planted it in the first place. <laughs> At the side of the road, there are police cameras. Well, rather, there are signs for police cameras. There aren't always police cameras there. It's just to make you slow down. Well, I'm sorry, I've lost all faith in road signs. I was on the M1 and I saw a sign saying the North the other day and I thought, yeah. <laughs> I remember when I was a policeman coming across two African warriors dancing cheek to cheek in the back of a saloon car. Just then my radio crackled and said, uh, Zulu Tango Sierra. <laughs> I said, you're not going to believe this, Sarge. <laughs> So here I am then, by a desolate riverside. The Godfather's about to pull the trigger. He's offering me a last swig from his flask. Here, by the mouth of a river, being offered a last drink by an American father. One last radio message. Delta Whiskey Yankee Papa. Charlie, because he's on drugs as well. Over and out. Hey, he's running away. He's driving off. Hang on. I can't see any police cars. I don't understand. Oh, it was my phone. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. I'm free. I'm not going to be shot by a madman. But who was it who phoned? Who saved my life? Uh, hello? Who is it? The Very World of Milton Jones, starring Milton Jones. It also starred Joanna Scanlon and Dave Lamb. The show was written by Milton Jones with Dan Evans, John Holmes and Andy Hurst, Mark Evans and James Bachman, Mike Haskins and Tony Roach. The producer was David Tyler and the programme was a positive production for the BBC. BBC.